0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Yachty going from first to third, is unlikely to be successful. My <laughs> name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorca. I definitely
1: thought you were going to dig at the, the basketball team or business, so I, I think that was <laughs> refreshing.
0: You got to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And this week, among many things, we are going to be talking about the red-hot St. Louis Cardinals, Ollie Marmol, the red-hot Ollie Marmol, and some news and notes from around the league. Idea for the opening joke? Tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Ben, here we are again, another week down. Uh, Cardinals looking better than ever. How you How you feeling over there? You've got your Colorado Rockies hat on, so I can tell you're really engaged. <laughs> you're You're loving what you're seeing on the field right now from
1: uh, Hey the Birds on the Bat. El Huris Montero is getting sort of hot. Okay, Car- Rockies fans have reasons to pay attention right now.
0: I saw that centerpiece of the uh, Nolan Arenado yeah. trade.
1: Uh, I think Bud Black was giving an interview a couple of days ago in the dugout. He was just kind of talking about the team and CJ Crone, and uh, he looked like he was about to cry. And I think that <laughs> is how you define that. That is a perfect way to encapsulate how the Rockies season is gone.
0: Well, it's good that you've chosen to, um, you know represent them uh, with your hat you know <laughs> it's a good
1: hat um it's purple okay that's nice. Um, i do like purple no but to talk about what we're here to talk about i think the first thing that we need to talk about before we talk about the team at large is albert um yeah i mean you got it I, well, I, I i don't know what to add to the conversation yeah, other just, than say, what more do we say than oh my god it's, he, he's hitting 700 is can incredible. we say that
0: we can say that do you feel yeah, we comfortable can, in that prediction at this point in the season we can say that this is the best uh like 10 game stretch of his entire career which is completely bonkers um i mean what a turnaround you know i think we have to to be fair to the story and to be fair to like what he's doing i think it's helpful to remember that basically through june it really was looking like, oh, this was a legacy signing. It's fun yeah. to see Albert. It's fun to have him out there. It's
1: like seeing Bob Dylan on tour now.
0: Yeah, right. And, you know, we're doing all the ceremonies and he's having a great time. We had a whole episode about the currency that is Old Man Smiles. And, um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, but he wasn't necessarily contributing on the field, yeah. which was kind of fine. Also, you know, that was really what was expected. Um, you know, we we had done a, we like a lot of people had posted the numbers about what he had done against left-handers in the last few years. And we were hoping we'd get something like that. Um, But we hadn't really, you know, he'd been doing okay against left-handers and horrible against right-handers. And now uh, I, I don't know what, you know, as he, as he, as he sees the sunset as, as his career winds down, he's, he's found this, uh, you know, this final gear that he's put it all out there. And it, what we're seeing is incredible. Yeah,
1: just really quick. I, I want to hit his kind of rolling month OPS, the on-base plus slugging percentage. First month of the season, 833. Then he dipped down to 661, then dipped all the way down to 425, where he did not hit a home run that month, the month of June. That was a bad month yeah. for him. Then... July turns around 944, and currently we're sitting here in August talking about him right now, and his OPS is 1536, (laughs) um, which is, they throw around the video game numbers on the broadcast all the time, and as somebody who plays video games, those are not video game numbers, because that's impossible. People, unless you have it on like rookie mode on MLB the show, you're not hitting an OPS of 1536.
0: Nerd. <laughs> Please check out Nate's video game podcast. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> it's called the short game. It focuses on little indie video games. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Not nerd shit like MLB the show. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think like his
1: his month of or his two months. I mean, really, it's been three months of productive Albert and two month one month of him look seemingly done with baseball, um, and then another month of him not being that great at all. But really, Three of the five months of the season, he has been an above-average hitter, and now he has gone full Super Saiyan, flying through the sky, air punch, um, superhero mode. I I, I don't yeah. know Dragon Ball Z, uh, based on I'm sure you can tell by that. I, I reference. think you nailed it, Super yeah. Punch mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really getting the the nerds on this episode, um, yeah. already, but. I, I yeah, like I said at the top, like I don't really know if there's much else to add. He's been absolutely unbelievable. I think maybe the only thing that I am, I, I, it's hard to be surprised by Albert Pujols because he is who he is, but it's the like the miles per hour, the exit velo that's coming off of his hits. He had that four hit game that he had a couple of days ago. Yeah. It was like 104 off the bat, 109 off the bat, 105 off the bat, just balls screaming and, now, he's unfortunately the at the place with his uh, lower half where it's pretty much a home run or a single. Um, yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, Whatever. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's blasting Kamehameha's left and right right now. Hey, that's a Dragon Ball Z <laughs> reference, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, I think what I was expecting... Uh, is one half of the game we're getting out of him right now, which is that home run power. The thing that he has basically maintained all throughout his career is the ability to hit, hit dingers. But yeah, these screaming line drives that we, uh, you know, we, as uh, you know, OG Pujols fans of, of, of first run St. Louis Cardinal fans, that's what we were used to, but we haven't really seen that from him in a long time. And that is what sticks out to me even more about all of this is that he's hitting for such a high average, Uh, which just he has not done for a long time. Um, I've seen people joking online that basically Pujols is good every other decade, Uh, which, you know, what a, what a legend to be even able to have stats from uh, now three, you know, essentially three different decades. Uh, But it is, it is wild. And then I also laugh at, you know, there's been the conspiracy theories of him being, you know, much older than he actually is too. So I'm like, Somewhere out there, there's someone that still believes that and thinks that like 47 year old Pujols or whatever <laughs> is is doing this. Uh, it's really incredible, and then you line it into or line it up with you know the uh, the uh, the MVP caliber seasons that Arenado is and Goldschmidt are having. Um, a little bit of a resurgent Tyler O'Neill, like the, the offense is is on another level right now, and I just can't believe that Pujols is really at the center of that it definitely feels uh like we've turned back the clock 18 years yeah I mean we're like obviously his at-bats
1: have been limited and his use case is limited and blah 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 and he kind of got that honorary sort of old man all-star nod but we're getting to the point now when if you look at this baseball reference page in 10 years or something like that and you forget the context you're gonna be like oh yeah of course Albert Pujols was a was an all-star in his final year. He has a over 800 OPS,
0: a bunch of dingers, and limited time. Yeah. Of course, like that was deserved. Good for him. Yeah. Well, and, and now it's re-sparked a whole thing that I think we all thought already was unlikely to start the season. And then after his uh, May and June, it, it seemed a foregone conclusion that it wasn't even going to be a discussion. But here we are now. Pools has 700 in sight. Yes. It's still going to require... Uh, a lot of things to come together perfectly. Um, the Cardinals have been playing ag- against a lot of lefties recently, a lot of lefties on bad teams. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how many more left-handed pitchers they're going to have in front of them. So there's only so many at-bats left for him. But just the fact that this chase has become a reality is, is a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll couch this for now, but I think, the way in which Ali Marmol has decided to deploy Albert Pujols makes it more likely, and especially if, if he stays healthy and keeps hitting like this, even like I feel even better about it, but
0: we can yeah. dive into that later. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the 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 recent success of of the Cardinals, put it into some numbers. I mean, I think anybody listening to this podcast is obviously a pretty big Cardinal fan, so none of this will be news to you, but I still think it's pretty interesting to see some of these broken down. So, uh, Ben, you've got a little list of of, uh, of nice stats about the Cardinals right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just thought, like, obviously the team is playing well, and I I like to choose arbitrary dates and just kind of throw out some numbers. So I did choose an arbitrary date, and that's kind of when this hot streak began um that we're we're watching the Cardinals so I, over the last 25 games um going back to July 27th uh this is including the uh games that have happened with uh or a couple of the games that have happened with the Cubs this week the Cardinals are leading the league in HRs uh or homers is probably I am reading my copy <laughs> rather than uh, just saying leading the like league in
0: HR departments <laughs>
1: Yeah, but leading the league in homers is obviously it's only for over the 25 games but they're still fairly high up there on the leaderboard i thought that was shocking I, it feels like they're hitting a lot of bombs, and out we just talked about Albert and Goldie and Arenado are both having insane years. Um, but that's just something we, you know, we've been Cardinals fans forever, and that never is an aspect of the team. So I think that's been a lot of fun. Um, they're also second in runs over that same time, first in average, and as a team, they lead the league in with uh, uh 148 WRC plus. So it is not a stretch to say that over the time, the arbitrary time period that I decided to cherry pick there, the Cardinals have had the best offense in baseball and they are either first or second with it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the team that's kind of, they, they've they yeah. been back and forth during this well, time Ever period.
0: since the acquisition of Joey Gallo, which, you know, has, of course, of course now of he's awesome again. Yes. Um, but, uh, well, I
1: I think there's a conspiracy theory out there about the the Yankees and their beard restrictions. You see Joey Gallo go to the Dodgers and he his sets the world on fire. You see Montgomery grow a beard being on the Cardinals and he sets the world on fire. I think the Yankees need to seriously look at this beard rule.
0: I mean, I, I you know I have had a, a bigger beard at times in my life, and every time I trim it down, yeah, I mean it's a total lack of balance. I can barely yeah. walk straight for months you know until i till so so these guys being able to return to the equilibrium of having a beard on their face clearly uh, i think it's a uh, market inefficiency that you know um, billy bean's gonna exploit sometime soon uh what stands out to me on that uh list ben is that they are leading the league in both home runs and average uh i you know in today's game that's incredibly uncommon for your power hitters also to be your high average guys and i mean it all comes down to Pujols, arenado and goldschmidt who are now all hit. you know arenado's almost or is at or or right around 300 for the season which is incredible Goldie's you know still leading the league in batting average and then Pujols is hitting 700 or whatever um i that's that being able to hit for power and average is is so rare, and the Cardinals right now have three guys that are doing it, which is which is crazy. Um, a, a note too on uh, on just a little more talk about how good Buhols was. Um, you know what what Goldie is doing this season. Is pretty much close to maybe a little (laughs) bit better, but pretty much what Pujols did for 10 years straight on the Cardinals, you know. So just a little reminder of what he was, you know, like we're losing our mind about Goldschmidt's season. We used to get this every year over and over and over from Pujols.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's watching Goldschmidt in this year. It does feel like he's just been locked in since the start. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like Pujols, that was just how Pujols was. And he would have down you know there there would be little streaks of of poor performance um, yeah. and it really feels. and i'm sure if i dug into the numbers this isn't entirely true this is probably more anecdotal than everything but it truly feels like goldie hasn't had a bad he night hasn't. In five yeah. months or something like that it's it's been pretty impressive
0: yeah i think he went like uh, he had a 0 for 7 streak a couple weeks ago and it's like oh no what's going on with goldie he's falling apart um but yeah there's probably been worse points in the season but it, it certainly doesn't feel like it as he continues to chase down a possible triple crown season which is just yeah yeah you know, wild so i think he should go for it i think he should go for the triple crown you think he should yeah you know i hadn't really thought about like making up my mind on that point but now that you really put me to it um i'll go on the record and say i also think that paul <laughs> Goldschmidt should try to win the triple crown
1: hey man when the chips are down yeah you know, when your yeah. backups against the wall when yep. when when the the cards are Wait, on the table
0: out of the frying pan and into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, another, uh, I thought this was kind
1: of another fun number, just talking about the Cardinals success. And this is Cardinals in 2022. This isn't me cherry picking arbitrary dates. They have a run differential of 121 right now, which I think last year they ended. It was around like 31, 32, 33, somewhere in that range. Um, so just to kind of put in perspective how much more productive and efficient and better this Cardinals team is like it is not even close to what the Cardinals were experiencing last year. And to try to try to add more context around like what a 121 run differential looks like uh, that they're basically uh, essentially tied with the Mets and Braves, who I would say are some of the better teams in the National League. Obviously, outside of the Dodgers, the Dodgers run differential is 269, they are on track to potentially set a run differential record this year. Um yeah. so we'll see if that happens or not. Stupid sexy Dodgers. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> sexy Dodgers. They're so good. And like Max Muncie and Will Smith are starting to hit Cody Bellinger is starting to be a little bit better. There are some things hap- like anyways so let's let's keep talking about the Cardinals. Um what I also I found interesting about that run differential. So they're at 121 Um, and the teams behind them are the blue Jays and the Phillies and they're in the sixties. So it's kind of like the Cardinals have kind of elevated themselves this year to being in there. They're probably second tier right below. I don't know. Who would you say it's the Dodgers? I mean, the Yankees have fallen off. You can't say that they're in that tier anymore. Maybe the
0: Astros. Um,
1: yeah. Are the Astros a super team? I guess the Astros are the closest thing we got to a super team other than the Dodgers. Um, and that's just how good the Dodgers are they're they're just better than everybody, and it's not even close,
0: yeah but um, yeah, yeah, I think that highlights what you're what you're trying to call it here is that the uh you know here we are at the near end of August, and while there's obviously been rough patches this season, uh, much like last year, this sort of end of middle end of season streak. Has now uh, put the Cardinals in a pretty dominant spot within the rest of the league, minus the Dodgers. Um, baseball Reference now has them at a ninety nine point five percent odds to make the playoffs.
1: So yeah, I mean we, we we're kind of talking about this, like you know, I think especially is nice when the uh, Cardinals are playing the uh, lowly Cubs and the Brewers are fighting it out with L.A. Like. Cardinals are in a really good spot. The schedule's lining up. The way the offense is performing is lining up. Not to mention the acquisitions from the trade deadline. Yeah. Like the Cardinals are going to have, like it is theirs to lose. As you know, as they say, they're yeah. in a very commanding position for the next forty games. Um, uh, I mean, as it point, turns out,
0: uh, sorry, go on.
1: Oh, I was I was just going to say to the point where I expect them. They keep playing good baseball to be able to kind of. Get some rest at the end of the season, set up their rotation, maybe get Jack Flaherty a couple of starts that are lower leverage and feel that out like they should be able to set themselves up to be successful unless the Brewers,
0: you know, hair lights on fire all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's the strength of schedule thing like the Cardinals have shown this year that they can and will beat bad teams pretty relentlessly. And since that is the majority of the remainder of the schedule, like it's hard to imagine um, short, some significant injuries to some, to, to some significant pieces, knock on wood a billion times. Uh, you know, this should, they should be able to run this lead they have in the division. Um, just the rest of the way, um, you know, Brewers have played a little bit better since we were speaking about them last week, but they, they are far back enough now. And again, the strength of schedule stuff just makes you think like it's going to be really, really difficult for them to overtake it. And, and even still all that, Aside like because of the new playoff format um, and the way these other teams are playing that there's a significant likelihood that the Cardinals playoff approach or like who they play and uh, maybe where they play would change but who they play or what am I trying to say right now even if they don't win the division they're probably making the playoffs and because they won't be one of the top two teams they won't have a buy and since it doesn't really matter who you play in the playoffs, every team is going to be good. Like the, there's not a huge change, even if somehow the Brewers completely come back from nowhere and somehow overtake the Cardinals, it's probably not going to change the playoff picture that much anyway. Yeah. Um, which kind of sucks when you think about the new playoff system. Like I hate that, that there's probably not going to be a big di- difference between winning the division and yeah. not winning the division. Um, but well. Yeah. I, I'd say that's the
1: entire problem that we have yeah. with it is it devalues yeah. the regular season, which is the entire point that's cool about yeah. baseball and why you play 162. But uh, uh you know, uh, quick... Mike Ma- Manfred hates baseball, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. Uh, quick note too on the run differential. Uh, if you're familiar with Pythagorean uh, are you uh, talking record, Pythag? Oh, you know I'm talking that Pythag record, which people um, love Pythag. Uh i can't get enough of it um <laughs> which tries to give you um the what like the expected outcome of the run differential that you have would actually be um you know one run games uh things uh, games that go into extra innings those are pretty variant heavy um and so pythag tries to tell you like what is the true record that your team had should have if everything was equal if you won as many uh one run games as you lost etc cetera, etc cetera. um it tries to remove luck from uh, if luck-, luck wasn't involved i'd win all the time <laughs> yeah um but we all know luck is a skill and uh the uh the outcome itself to say the cardinals pythag is actually 74 and 49 So they've gotten unlucky a little bit in some of their outcomes too. So, uh, this team is even better than maybe this, the record dictates right now, not by a ton, but I still, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's a good indicator of, of true skill. Um, so yeah, so lots of things clicking right now. I think we want to talk about a couple individuals, uh, before we move on to some other topics. Um, let let me just reiterate to everybody: uh, if you're new to this show, if you've just started listening in the last month or so, we have always supported Corey Dickerson. <laughs> he is he was a good signing on day one, yep. and and we you know wish that he would have gotten more playing time early in the season. Yeah. <laughs> have you?
1: So so. I' I'm, wanna I'm, I'm gonna sandwich this uh, Corey Dickerson since the all-star break is hitting 390 with a 585 slugging percentage and yeah. I don't know if you've been paying attention to his his interviews with uh, Jimmy the cat or anything like that but he just keeps talking about how he's he's ignoring the haters he's not listening to things that he's seen he's he's just going out there and play his game and I know for a fact that Corey Dickerson does not know who we are, but it feels <laughs> a little directed. I know we were we were hard on him. What is he everyone here? everyone? Yeah. Um, but then he stopped listening to uh, uh, bloggers and podcasters and Twitterers and he figured out hitting. So maybe we should all be nicer. I, I don't know what what that is, but I just think that's funny. He has said it maybe 15
0: times over the I, past month or so. Yeah, I, I saw he, he he definitely has a little bit of a downtrodden, yes. uh, you know, attitude, which I yeah, think is fair. He the interview just I think it was from last night's game or the game before he was saying, you know, like, I might not like the role. I might not like the situation, but I'm going to do the best I can with every at bat that I'm given. You know, it's like, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, that's these are real people trying to not lose their job on a right. day in day, day out basis. So. Uh, but fortunately, we were only ever supportive of Corey Dickerson, so <laughs> there's no way he was talking about us. Uh, and all this begs the question:
1: Should Corey be starting?
0: Well, the problem is, and it's not a, a a real problem, but the problem is, you can't get Newt Bar out of there. The Newt is loose, and uh, O'Neill, who has the the longer you know track record or the pedigree, has looked uh, like he's returning to form. So, you know, when you got uh, Carlson in center, where do you put Corey Dickerson other than uh, playing some of the matchups, which we're going to talk about with Ollie here shortly. But like, there's not a lot of at bats, especially when you got to get pools in there every time, too. Um, It's it's a good problem to have. But, you know, it's these sort of reasons why the Cardinals are leading in the last month as we were just talking like every single offensive category.
1: Yeah. And you're, you're kind of, I think it really comes down to who do you want those left-handed extra at bats and do you want them to go to Nolan, Nolan Gorman playing second base or DHing, or do you want it to go to Corey Dickerson? And yeah, it is, it is a good problem to have. And I do think, I mean, it'll, these things always work themselves out, right? Somebody's going to start slumping or, or whatever might happen. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Um, but it'll, it'll figure itself out. But absolutely did not even though we've always been behind him did not expect myself to say numbers like 390 and 585 and and all these crazy uh things that he's yeah. doing in limited playing time with cory dickerson
0: yeah it's i mean it's great you know um it's keeping Juan you down in the minors too which is it is you know it is what it is but um and it's also put alec burleson you know even further down on the on the list of of uh you know potential major league at bats, but again, good problem to have. Yeah, and I guess you know, to go from one
1: player that we have supported uh uh fully entirely Never throughout not. the entire year, yeah. uh Andrew Kisner, since the all star break has been an above average hitter. He has a I think his OPS plus is a, it's 117 or something right now, so 17% above league average. Uh, the defense has been fine, but yeah. this is—I feel like this has kind of happened really quietly and kind of under the radar. And but he's—you know—he's hitting in the two eighties over that time period. He's got a little bit of pop. He's walking a little bit. He's got not a ton of strikeouts. Um, absolutely didn't see this coming. It just—just just what we had. I mean, I'd been begging for a, a, a real backup catcher all season. Right. Um, and then you know you kind of take a step back and looking like, oh wait, maybe. Maybe because there is like his minor league profile. Maybe there is something in that bat. Maybe something. Maybe I should lighten
0: up. (laughs) Maybe I should look
1: in the mirror a little
0: bit. (laughs) Well, you don't want to do that.
1: No, thank you. Sorry. um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. All the remember how many mirrors you cracked last time you decided to look into a mirror. And mirrors are so expensive. Why? Why are mirrors so expensive? It's unbelievable. I feel like we figured that shit out a long time ago. It's just glass, it's shiny glass. I got glass all over the place. <laughs> anyway, we'll be at the Comedy Garage this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that is a bit from 15 years ago that is yeah. still not funny. All right,
0: but I, I honestly want to know why mirrors are so expensive. If you know why mirrors are so expensive, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Yes, um, please. Uh, yeah i don't know what to make of it i mean kisner had a a good uh profile in the minors and it felt like he lost it because he just sat on the bench for so long and maybe he's recovered it a little bit or it's just it is a very small sample size for him so maybe it's just he's getting some good breaks but uh you know everything is going well right now for the cardinals and including that so we'll take it the team Um, is hot yeah um and uh I guess keep it rolling. We, we have to talk about Jordan Montgomery, uh, the, the single most impactful trade at the trade deadline right now, like every, there were like all easily, these, right? Like, yeah, it, it's been by far the most successful, uh, deadline trade, uh, across all of the trades. And then when you consider the cost, no disrespect to Harrison Bader, but when you consider the cost compared to guys like what Montas or, or Luis, uh, Castile cost like, it's the the pendulum is way in the favor of the Jordan Montgomery trade, uh, the Jordan Montgomery side of it. It's like even if Bader comes back and is an all star for the Yankees next year, it's like it still feels like this was already oh. worth it.
1: Well, we talked about it at the time you, you deal from a place of wealth to fix a place of need. That is how you make a good trade. And the Cardinals did that. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but I think Yankees fans every time something Monty does something good, they are mad. I saw CC Sabathia after his uh, complete game Monty's uh, complete game shutout. CC Sabathia said something like, "I see you, King. You know, go out there and kill it." We watched every game, and there was reports that the uh, Yankees players were watching Monty start from their clubhouse. Um, It was either before or after the Yankees game started, and they they were like locked in cheering. They they were, you know, really, really yeah. into it. Like he was a popular guy on that team. So I think it's I mean, it, I, think I mean, Brian Cashman is a very good GM. I think he's very smart. I think he gets a lot out of players who um, maybe were overlooked at like Gio Urshela. And there there are some really good trades he has in recent history. Really feels like he botched this one. I hope Bader is good for them, too. But I mean, th- this has been incredible.
0: Yeah, well, um, the the Cardinals have mixed uh, Montgomery's pitch selection a little bit as well, um, relying more on the sinker than he did with the Yankees, yeah. which plays to the strengths of the Cardinals. So you can't say for sure that you know what he's doing now with the Cardinals, which is also only four starts, but they've been four incredible starts. Um, you know, we can't say for sure he would have been doing this for the Yankees because he hadn't really, he's been good for the Yankees, but he's not been anywhere yeah. near what he's been for the Cardinals. And part of that is I think the, uh, park adjustment yeah. factors, uh, Bush is a way better park to pitch in than the little league stadium. That is Yankee stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, you know, plused up his sinker to, uh, uh, because they the Cardinals have the best infield defense, um, maybe ever the more of these freaking yeah. Arenado you know he's like oh you want more bare-handed insane plays sure i got a couple for you Um, just one a week yeah yeah uh you know so a lot of things have come together for this and not to say that it you know we should expect like a a significant regression but like this probably won't keep up in this way but like we he probably he was not this guy for the yankees either it's not like you would just pick up these starts and put them in yankee stadium you know decisions that the Cardinals made and, and factors that the Cardinals yeah. have influenced. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's we, incredible. T- uh, complete we talked game shut him. Shut out One hit. Yeah. One his hit. First... A, uh, oh, so. Maddox. <laughs> he did.
1: <laughs> and uh, it was his first of his career. Yeah. Um, and and we were, all I was trying to uh, blabber uh, in there while we were talking over each other was we also, <laughs> I, I think another thing to recognize is that the NL central is easier to pitch in yeah. uh, full stop than the yeah. AL East. Um, but yeah, no, that was incredible. Um I I I know he's gonna get blown up at some point because all pitchers do. But uh here, let me just throw some some more fun numbers at you around Monty's early goings. He's got 25 and two thirds innings as a Cardinal. He has already put up one fangrafts war, um, and it's like one and a half on baseball reference. So choose whatever, it's still great. Um the stat, uh, ERA plus, which is a, uh, it's kind of a rate strat, rate stat, and a, uh, uh, what do you call it? It is a ballpark adjusted and environment adjusted and, and year adjusted and all that good stuff. For reference, Edwin Diaz, who is having one of the better seasons that I can remember from a closer, his ERA plus is 270, 270 over those innings, uh, that Monty's pitched, his ERA plus is 1,097.
0: Um, that sounds pretty good. Over almost Check, 800 please. more. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like what
1: I had, like, I cannot believe that it was that high. I didn't know that it could be four digits. I
0: didn't know that that was an option. I think briefly Hellsley's was also in that range. He had some insane yeah. uh, uh, ERA plus. But um, yeah, I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, 25 and two thirds innings is not a ton from a starter's perspective. But, you know, for a reliever, how many innings does Edwin Diaz have? You know, that's uh,
1: yeah, probably I think Edwin
0: is in like the mid 40s. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty incredible. And it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I guess the Cardinals should extend Jordan Montgomery. Yeah.
1: Throw some cash at him. I mean, he's been great. Why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, should we talk about the one thing that we uh that is maybe not as uh you know going as well as it was even just a couple of weeks ago?
1: Yeah, I think it's worth bringing up. Um, a- and I guess you know the thing is is that because of the trades that happened during the deadline, there's really no recourse. You're kind of we kind of we're we're just stuck uh, uh, with Paul <laughs> with Paul DeYoung. Yeah, Paul DeYoung is the Cardinal starting starting shortstop. Um Tommy I guess could move over there uh yeah. if he really really starts to falter doesn't seem like that's going to happen but I guess you know if you put Tommy uh maybe against tough le- uh, right handers you put Tommy at short and put um our our good buddy uh Gormania at second mm-hmm. um that's probably your ideal lineup right now Tommy's such a good defender at short and second um that that's probably what I would argue for although You know, his bat's dead. Um, Paulie's bat is dead. Um, And uh, I don't know if it's going to come back to life. And I don't know if it's an Ali Marmol thing. I don't know if it's a John Mosalak thing, but he is the shortstop. Yeah, I
0: I would guess that that's more a a Mosalak thing than uh, a Marmol thing. Um, And, you know, having a middle infield of DeYoung and Edmund is not the worst thing as long as they are hitting seven and eight eight nine yeah um, something like that and you have guys like Newt Barr, o'neil carlson all stepping up to be those table setters for uh nolan and goldie and i guess pools for as long as we can get this um, you know, that's part of the success right now is that it doesn't really matter that Edmund has kind of cratered or that De Young is cratered when the other six guys in your lineup are all mashing out of their minds. Um, but if anything starts to falter, having a bottom three in your lineup of Edmund, DeYoung, and Yachty, who, you know, just seems incapable of hitting for power at you know, at this point. Um, yeah, you could see, especially in a short series. Uh, like a playoff series, it's a pretty rough bottom bottom three. You know, you're you're not going to be generating a lot of runs from the bottom of your lineup there. Um, but it doesn't really yeah. matter if they're all giving you Gold Glove or near Gold Glove level defense, and everyone else is doing well. Sure, but is the best move really to just sub Bank him in yeah.
1: later in the game? Um,
0: I think I would because, prefer the Edmonds sh- at short and Gorman yeah. at second. Um, at least you I that would pop- prefer.
1: Yeah, I'd prefer to take two or three at bats with Gorman, especially obviously against a right hander, um, and then swap them out later at the, towards yeah. the end of the game. Especially obviously if you have the lead, that's that's an even more opportune time to do that. But that makes all the sense in the world to me. And I think while it is a short sample size, we have three ish years of Paul D doing this yeah. thing. So my patience for this kind of play is is pretty small at this point. Like once you stop hitting. At, at, Really, it's once you start striking out like you've been striking out, I'm done. It's the same.
0: It's a yeah, it's a regression to the exact same problem that we see over and over and over. Yeah. Um, As we talked about with Tara, you know, he has such a specific approach that if he's not locked in, it is just bad. There's not really a middle ground for him. And and unfortunately, he's back swung to the side of of bad. Um, But he was doing it not that long ago. You know, maybe he can maybe he can figure out again and swing back. But um, run out of time uh, in this season.
1: Yeah. Uh. Just uh. So in August he has played 21 games and he has 27 strikeouts. So.
0: Yeah. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about Ali Marmol. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, quite the show uh, from him again. I, I really appreciate that. If Ali Marmol is going to get thrown out, he is going to get thrown out. He's getting yes. his money's worth. Uh, he's been tossed three times this season, which I only think of him as a calm, you know, kind of cool-headed or level-headed guy. Um, but he clearly has a gear that he's willing to switch into (laughs) and I love it. Um, you know, he, he got tossed for screaming about a horrible, uh, you know, strike call again, horrible call three inches inside. And, uh, you know, he, he goes out and starts yelling and then umpire clearly said something and Marmol just lost it and went, uh, totally, uh, totally um bonkers on the guy and it was great i loved it yeah in a post-game interview he i thought it was even funnier is uh you know we learned that um what was it cb buckner you know yeah. questioned marmal's time in the league and so then Woo! he and he said so i questioned his would yeah. you have to assume <laughs> means that uh buckner called him young and then yeah marmal called him really old or something yeah. like that which you know was hilarious so uh, I love it. And then, you know what? To give, you know, C.B. Buckner credit, he was really good the rest of the game as far yeah. as uh, strike zone uh, management goes. So, you know, it worked. Uh, but, um, you know, outside of that, outside of his his fiery displays, um, I think, you know, speaking for myself, I think you feel the same way Is that, you know, a lot of what we were hoping to get from Marmol this year, a more strategic approach, a more... Um, a willingness to mix and match, and um, you know, a recognition that maybe batting uh, a a failing Matt Carpenter as your cleanup hitter every day, you know, avoiding those sorts of repeat mistakes of like the same problem over and over and over that we saw with Schilt and and Matheny. And so far, um, I mean, I think we're getting as advertised. He makes mistakes; yeah. everybody does, but for the most part, I have agreed with like ninety nine percent of his decision making, and then he. I, I realized the other day, and I'll give you a second to talk here in a minute, yeah. but I realized that I had stopped watching a lot of the post game interviews um, when Schultz was manager. And I, and I kind of just thought like, oh, I've just kind of, you know, I just spent a bunch of time watching the game and it's, I just don't, I'm, I'm ready to do something else. Um, but I've been watching a lot more of them lately with Marmal. And I realized like, Oh, it was just like Schultz were boring. And yeah. he was ever unwilling to say anything that was like, a, you know uh, an interesting observation about the game whereas marmal gives you so much and i've yes. been enjoying watching him again so what how are you feeling about marmal well yeah and
1: i want to piggyback off what you're saying i think is the it's marmal actually explains his decisions here's what i was seeing here here's what we expect to happen it worked it didn't work he'll just say that what yeah. I also like is that I think he kind of uses the media, and I'm sure he's a—he seems to be a very effective communicator to the media, and I have to imagine that that uh, you know extends to him communicating with the players. But I think he uses the media in an interesting way, where he will say, "I know Jake Woodford is better than this," or "I know X can do this. We need to see him do this to be successful." And it's—it's not—it's not blaming anybody. It's not it, it its really just calling it like it is. In yeah. a way that I think I, I would respond to if I was somebody who was working for him. When you are clear and you set expectations, and you try to empower those people that you're working with, or or who are working for you, or however the relationship is, like treating people like adults rather than throwing out 75 different excuses or not answering it or getting fussy with the media. Like I don't respect that from a, a viewer standpoint. The players have to see it's bullshit. Like, I I really I don't want to say it's no nonsense because I think that's played out. But the fact that he's just saying what we're all seeing and doing it in a way that is well communicated, I think, is such a nice change of pace. We've had TLR, who was horrible with the media, obviously a good manager back then, but horrible with the media. Mike Matheny, who struggled to put full thoughts together at sometimes it felt like. Um, and then Schilt, who I think is smart, he just wouldn't divulge any information and he would well, not there, sit, cast blame on anyone, no matter what.
0: Because there is this element of sticking up for your guys. You know, like I think that's that's a a, a like uh, trope that gets thrown around of like, you know, the manager's got to go out there and stick up for his guys, you know, and and don't let anyone bash him. Like we keep that in the clubhouse, no, you know. Yeah, it's well, you can't you can't say anything bad about my team. You know, so but that's yeah, like you said, it's not really how the world really works. And like we saw Marmol say uh, after the Dakota Hudson start, he's like, yeah, we really wanted him to go a lot longer into the game. And he didn't, which is not great. (laughs) It was like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And it's not like Dakota Hudson is probably back there being like, oh, man, like I thought I was going to be defended to the press (laughs) or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just yeah, a, a mentality change.
1: Sorry, I, I also I think you're setting expectations for a championship, like whether I don't know how close players pay attention to the kind of things that a manager says in a post game, But when you're talking like that, you're setting high expectations. I will say I would appreciate that from my boss. I, I yeah. like being I, I like that. Expect me to do good things. And when I'm not redirect me that like I, I'm just fully sold on that. I'm sure it's not for everybody, but. Ben Samorca enjoys that. And so and that's Wally.
0: why you win the championships that you win. And, um, you know, that's why see all this know, gold you, behind me, baby. Yeah. Let's go not actually kind of like dark and blurry back there. <laughs> it is. There's a,
1: a Mastodon poster in a, a St. Louis pennant. Um, nice. Let's go Mastodon. Um, so more I wanted to dive a little bit more into that. And I think like what I've kind of seen uh, and I was curious. So I did look up some numbers on this, but I've kind of seen Ali, get more comfortable in the second half and kind of, I think, be him a little bit more managerially and uh, be a little more aggressive with platoons and be a little more aggressive with the way he's rolling out pitchers. Uh, I think he's handled Ryan Helsley really, really well. Um, But anyways, so something that we kind of talked about before the season started, when Ali got the job is the Cardinals um, ability to take advantage of the uh, platoon advantage, which means, you know, lefty on righty pitchers and, and vice versa. Last year, they were below league average. They had a, it was 44.7% of the time they had their players in an advantage, advantage point situation. This year, it is 52%. Over the, this is every at bat the Cardinals took last year to every at bat the Cardinals took, have taken this year. And while, uh, what is that? 8% isn't a huge number. When you take into account, we have stalwarts like Paul Goldschmidt, who is going to hit against anyone. Arenado, who is the same thing, Um, uh, Brendan Donovan, who has become a bit of a stalwart, and he will hit lefties and righties. You take into account some of the players that the Cardinals use. It's a pretty significant jump. And what I really think is. Or what I've been really pleased with is that Ali is choosing his spots and he's been aggressive in pinch hitting Albert. He's been aggressive in swapping out Gorman. If the situation calls for it, those are probably the two top tier names um, that I
0: would call out. But I, yeah, we're I seeing pinch hits in the third. In- we're seeing yeah. pinch hits in the third inning now, fourth inning. You know, um, I I don't know if you're able to, uh, but I'd be interested to see like those uh, platoon advantage uses uh, usages over like a month to month basis. Because I, I agree with you, it feels like he's been doing it. A lot more recently and maybe that's just because everything's kind of clicking and you, and you have a better understanding of the of the skill sets of each person on your team whereas yeah. at the beginning of the season you're still letting people develop and giving time for that um i don't know it could be a mixture of both but yeah we're absolutely seeing it and um i like the the mix-up of the lineup uh, against lefties and righties um it just yeah it feels like there's a, a very methodical approach happening yeah And of course, the manager always looks the best when the team is winning and the (laughs) Cardinals are winning a ton right now. So like we have to recognize that like, you know, at the end of the day, the players are playing really well. And so it makes a manager look great. Sure. But some of the things that we wanted to see from him being direct and open with his communication, seemingly having a thoughtful game plan at every step of the way, all of that has been the case with him. And I've been I've been pretty happy. And it's, you know, no surprise that you know, he's seen as this like, you know, uh, like he, what is he? he's, he's 35 years old. I think he's 36. Yeah. 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 It's, it's wild. So, uh, it's nice though. You know, I really liked Schilt. I really did. Um, but I think that this is better. <laughs> so yes. that's good. Better is good. Better is good. Smart. Um, all right. So we still have some more things to to talk about, but before we uh, move on to the next segment, I want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, want to support us, want to see it continue to grow, uh, consider throwing us a donation on Patreon.com/talkingaboutbirds. Uh, subscribers at any level gain access to our private Discord server. We call it the Bird scored We have a ton of great conversation in there. Uh, ben just posted the photo of his new uh, his new uh, Bush Two seats in the in the discord and Heck it's yeah. really nice to have a place where you can just talk to other cardinal fans without all the noise of the other platforms that we use to talk to cardinal fans uh so again that's patreon.com slash talking about birds uh you also may consider leaving us a review and your favorite podcast platform we appreciate it it helps helps us show up in search functions when people look for cardinal podcasts um and just generally makes us feel good so Uh, Thank you for everyone who has done those things. Uh, Shout out to our patrons and uh, shout out to those who are considering joining. Uh, Ben, where can people find us online elsewhere?
1: Yeah, make sure to follow us on stupid old Twitter at talk about birds. Uh, But like Nate said, we're not very good at it. Just come on the discord. Um, it's, It's nicer there. Um, but make sure to follow us at the same time um, at Talk About Birds on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, Talking About Birds. And of course, as always, you can email us questions, thoughts, musings uh, to our Gmail account, talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, usually, I like to pick on Nate in this section uh, and say, Why don't you email Nate about this and that? But I don't really have anything today. Yeah. So I'm going to say, Give Nate a break. <laughs> Guys, can you just. Back off, Nate. He's he's trying. He's doing I'm dealing his, with a lot right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's trying his hardest.
0: Thanks, Ben. I really need the the reprieve from the just dozens of emails about my um, beef preferences or whatever you try to get people beef to talk, preferences. <laughs> no, it was
1: definitely pizza last week. Get dumbass.
0: <laughs> it's pizza every week. Come on, I, no, I know. I I may, have, I, what? I made some pizza. I made I made uh Oh, shocking. Yeah, I know. Ooh, let me tell you about it. I made a uh, I had the leftovers for lunch today. I'm really figuring out my dough recipe. I think I got the salt just the way I like it. I'm still not great at the uh transition I, what I have to do with <laughs> every day. Oh god. <laughs> you started this. <sighs>
1: I was going to share a pizza anecdote, but I just want to move on now. You can't leave me hanging like that. I, I have a, okay, really quick. I have a text chain <laughs> with my little brother and sister. And uh, we were, my little sister's going to Chicago this weekend for a bachelorette party. I said, ooh, 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 we got hippie quads, Hell um, yeah. which is some of my favorite pizza in the world. Um, and then we had a lengthy discussion about whether uh, Chicago style pizza is pizza or casserole. My brother seems to think it's casserole. I seem to think I don't care. It's got the ingredients of pizza and it's good. So put it in my mouth. Um, that's really all there is to say.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, it's pizza and that's, uh, that is just a, like a Mimi tropey sort of take to call it casserole. So yeah. tell your brother to get off the internet and get a job. Wow. Yeah. He's uh he's finally cutting his mullet off, so we're we're
1: happy about that. My, My I think pers- we we socially think- pressured him to do that for the wedding. So,
0: well, I've been on the other side of that argument this whole time. I think Shocking. he's lo- he's losing his power by cutting off his mullet. It is a righteous mullet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a god given mullet. Uh. It's gonna it's gonna be the uh, opposite of uh the, him like leaving the Yankees. You know, mm. he's going to get worse. Okay. All right. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, there's not much worse he could get. So there you go. Uh, we've got some more generic Cardinal news to talk about. Uh, just like we kind of predicted uh, on last week's episode, uh, TJ McFarland is back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he signed uh, a
0: minor league contract
1: with the AAA team. He is back in business. back. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna say, how about this right now, Nate? I'm gonna make a five dollar bet with you, uh, if you're willing to take this bet that he is a September call up this year.
0: <laughs> I I will take that bat uh, that bet uh, for the sporting of it, but yeah. um, I I I think I, I, I just it's won a five bad, bucks. Yeah, I think it's a bad <laughs> bet. Yeah, right. and then just the way the season is turning out right now, he's suddenly gonna come up as like a relief ace. Yeah, and you know win like the. NLD CS mvp or something <laughs> stupid like that yeah uh him and kramer robertson are both gonna be the, the september call-ups hey kramer's been hitting. yeah so you know like we said from the very beginning we we you know we want him to be good and we wish him success so hopefully he is good for the cardinals uh there's yeah. a reason he got to the majors in the first place
1: absolutely it is a weird like i wonder what like he, he, him, and his family think about the situation that just happened. Like it's been, we've been talking. We've had a different update the past three weeks, and it was drop. It was dropped officially. DFA'd, resigned.
0: Like that yeah. has to be
1: such a weird experience.
0: I wonder if there is any like what's the business communication of that between the Cardinals organization and and. Uh, mcfarland where you yeah. know they have to they have to put him through waivers in order to get him off the 40 man um and that opens him up to uh you know other teams and and other opportunities but maybe they told him out of the gates like hey if like if you make it through and you're out there like we'll resign you we want you we just need the the roster spot right now i don't know i you know i wonder if for him if it was really that much of a whirlwind as far as like coming back to the Cardinals, right right or if this was an expected outcome for him um i really don't know what that sort of communication looks like yeah um but uh we did get a uh what feels like a long-awaited um uh, uh pitching i don't know uh What's, what's the word i'm looking for jake woodford got a start i guess that's what i'm it was a horrible segue there jake woodford got a start Um went five and a third and i think you know maybe he's finally clawed himself out of whatever doghouse he was in for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason you know but um i thought he looked pretty good yeah i think
1: um He kind of is what we expected him to be in a way that I I, like like you're kind of talking like I really don't understand what the holdup is. I feel like he's been nothing but effective the entire time he's been on the team this year. Obviously, there is hesitation. But yeah, I mean, he he went, what'd you say, five and a third look good. All the pitches were working. He was striking out people up in the zone. I actually he only had 1K. I guess my, my brain is tricking me a little on that one. He, but he looks solid. Um, and I mean, with Dakota's performances recently, it really makes sense for him to take those starts, at least until Jack gets healthy or, or whatever else ends up happening. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's.
0: It I would like to see be him get his another, job, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him get another shot at it. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that. You know, if Flaherty is back and if he's healthy, they're stretching him out. I think they want to give him a shot at some starts in September. Um, You know, whether he is a playoff rotation guy or not, that will truly come down to the outcomes of these starts. But he's looked pretty good in his his last few rehab starts. I think we'll probably see him uh, in the majors soon. And I think that fifth spot is just waiting for him. Um, but until that point, yeah, I think it should go to Woodford and uh, Dak should, I guess, go in the bullpen. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to do with him after he's not in the rotation. Yeah, you know, I'm,
1: uh, maybe we'll dive into this. Uh, we could speak a little more intelligently about it next episode. But the velo on, on that's on not going to happen there. No <laughs> the velo <laughs> on do- Dak's Sinker is is curious to me. It seems to be getting slower. As the years gone on and um, not not that I, I, you know, I think movement is his game, but obviously uh, it's just a cause for worry. So be curious if maybe he could find something in the bullpen. Be curious if he goes down to triple A. Seems unlikely to happen just because he is potentially a valuable arm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Disappointing.
0: Uh, But let's go, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then. I think we have, I guess, I guess we have to talk about it. Although it's, uh, you know, we're we're several days past it at this point. Um, But there was yet another Yachty controversy um, in his strange final year as a St. Louis Cardinal. Um, He suddenly was placed on the restricted list. Everyone thinking, oh no, oh no, I hope everything's okay. Is this a continuation of whatever's been happening down in Puerto Rico that seems to have um, you know it seems to have had him distracted all season um and then it's pretty quickly revealed that he's going down there because the professional basketball team that he owns is playing in the championship what and... the hell i <laughs> uh, yeah i'm so torn <laughs> on this man like because you know on a game per game basis like he was gonna have one of those days off anyway so it's really yeah. one game yeah and it's not like he's you know, it's a it's a crazy contribution over any sort of game, you know, small amount of games. And like, hey, we all like PTO from our job, too. You sure. know, um, but I, I've never seen this in us uh, in sports. And what a what a weird old, rich old for baseball terms, rich guy problem to have. Like, can you imagine being like a Brendan Donovan right now and being like, oh, you couldn't be here because the professional basketball team you own was in the championship right uh yeah it's it's bizarre i i didn't get too worked up about it a lot of people did yeah Uh, um you know i I, I, that is strange i don't think i'm worked up about it it's just like what
1: what what is happening here that that is mostly where it's coming from is you had to fly back home to attend a championship for the basketball team that you own in your home country during a playoff run with the baseball team that you play on that you are
0: an employee of yes
1: now everything you said is totally right on they're in Arizona that team is terrible Um, it's fine to get Kinzer some starts I I would have loved to have seen Herrera get a start actually I don't know why that didn't happen but I know yeah Um, obviously there is something that they want him to work on and they're just not comfortable with him calling big league games or or being behind the plate or whatever it might be Um, so did it really Damaged the Cardinals? No. His Kins are having a better year than Cardinals? Arguably now. Uh, or than Yachty? Arguably, right? Like Since the second half, I think he's been a better catcher. Um, but he's still Yachty. He's still your field general. He's still all those things. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, and I think it's... I, I think I would even care less if it wasn't his final year. Um, right. But man, he really seems to have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah,
0: that's, that's the big thing that sticks out. It's just like, he just keeps being not there you know <laughs> and so if, yeah. if he'd been if he'd been playing all season too and i know he had an injury but he was doing his rehab away from the team like he's just he was late to spring training he's just been like all, away a lot and that just doesn't jive with the the yachty that we've all known for so yeah. long which is like the fierce competitor who will do anything to gain even like a percentage point yeah. over the um, other team. But also, you know, remember the Cardinals had to approve this. It's a restricted list. Yeah, right. So yeah. like this was all mutual, all in the up and up. Like no. they could have said no um, and, pro- and probably would have said no if they really thought it was a problem. So, um, you can, know, I, can get, I s- Speculate yeah. wildly. Uh, I, if that's not what we're here to do, then what are we here to do? Buddy? All right. I want to start the
1: conspiracy theory right now that Yadier, Yadier is on the basketball team. What do you mean? Like he he is secretly their star center or something like that. And that's why he was gone for two and a half months earlier. And that's why he had to go back for the championship is because he is their best player.
0: So even though there's like footage of these games and box scores and deep you know- takes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, this makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> is that worth interrupting you? Yeah, that's good. That's
0: good. I think <laughs> yeah, I thought you would enjoy that a little I think more, you're right. He's okay. he's probably I do I'm enjoying it right now. I think he is definitely the star center for his uh Puerto Rican basketball team. All right. Um I mean, I, you know, apparently he he's really, you know, he feels a really strong personal connection to the city and to Cuz he's on the and team. And, of yeah. Of course he does. Of course. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just strange i don't know and yeah. then of course you know we have the nolan and goldie thing from earlier in the season that like everyone's trying to tie this to that and it's like this that is such a different thing than what yeah. is happening here and i don't know it is all some of those stranger storylines we've had in, as cardinal fans in the mix, mixed mixed in the midst of <laughs> an incredible run also. Yeah. So strange.
1: Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's what I say. Just keep winning.
0: Yep. Hang in there. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of other bad turns of phrases, but you <laughs> broke my brain with. Uh, Gotti <laughs> is the center. Uh, um, okay, let's move on. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the last uh, section. We have some things. Uh, from the broader league that we want to talk about. So, uh, Ben, why don't you kick us off and run us down some of
1: these? Yeah, yeah, I think we can just drive through these fairly quickly. Uh, Phillies plays Corey Knebel on the 60 day IL due to a tear in the shoulder capsule which I didn't know was a body part. Um, but he tore his, uh, and that, I think that'll be probably fairly relevant to Cardinals. You know, the, the Phillies and the Cardinals are, are going to be in the playoff mix together. There are conversations around that. So, well, that, that is a huge loss for them. Sir Anthony yeah. Dominguez also went down. Uh, so the P- Phillies pitching not looking great right now. Luckily they did trade for David Robertson who will be a huge boon. Um, but yeah, that happened. Um, uh, moving Rupert on sir anthony yeah.
0: one of my favorite first names in baseball the fact that it's one name is incredible yeah it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty
1: good uh and that guy throws like 100 miles an hour he's fun yeah, yeah. Uh, walker bueller undergoes tommy john surgery it's his second one um you know Sucks. luckily for the dodgers they have julio urias and um,
0: and dustin may is back now Dustin
1: may tony gonsolin
0: we keep talking about yeah this stupid dodgers they're really good. good yeah
1: uh some better news for baseball uh in general Ardy Moreno the current owner of the Angels uh is exploring selling the team and I think we could probably based on the reporting that Jeff Passan was doing the other day I think we can basically say that he is planning to sell the team I think um, it's
0: like planning assuming I think it's basically the team is up for sale yeah. and as long as we get an appropriate buyer it will happen um, because yeah. they've already hired like financial advisors for it they've done all these different steps to initiate the sale so when they say planning on selling i think they're just hedging a little bit just in case like they don't get an appropriate buyer but as we know uh owning professional sports teams is an incredibly lucrative thing and so i think it's very very likely that some other ding dong billionaire is going to buy the angels and uh yeah hopefully Hopefully it's a a Cohen who
1: wants to win and and does interesting things yeah
0: Well, the angels are so weird because you know when you look around the or the Morenos are at least are so weird because you can't say they weren't willing to pay for guys. They just had really strange priorities on who they pay who they pay and like what they target. I heard a theory not too long ago that basically the Morenos cared about like celebrity status for their baseball team more than they necessarily care about uh, like team balance and structure. So that's why they would. Give these crazy contracts to a holes or a Josh Hamilton or or even like a Syndergaard, you know, who looked like a. Uh, I, I mean, I think that was a pretty good signing, but he fits that mold of like if he becomes a star, he's huge and everyone already knows him. Big name ID, you know. You can think of the marketing that you could put around Thor, oh, yeah. you know. So, um, but he never cared about just signing like or paying good money for boring successful players. Right, he just wanted to pay for the celebrities. So. Um it's a we it's weird, you know. Um, but they're they're always bad. So hopefully yeah. uh we want to see Trout in the playoffs, we want to see Otani in the playoffs. So yeah, hopefully, and, and I mean talk about those two players. Like, what what
1: does their future look like? Is Trout gonna want to leave? Is you know, he's obviously locked into a long-term contract. Uh Show contract is coming up here soon. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Two yeah. two obviously massively impactful players on a team that's about to be sold. We know what happened to Juan Soto and in, in a similar situation,
0: if so. you can trade Juan Soto, you can trade Mike Trout. It just, yeah. you know, will depend on what they want to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving along. Elvis Andrews. I don't know if you paid attention to this saga, but the A's released him um, in a move that was pretty thinly veiled to block him from reaching his 550 plate appearances. Elvis Andrews has been one of the best players on the A's this year. He is now picked up by the white Sox uh, in a move that I think makes sense with Tim Anderson being out, Um, Elvis Andrews has no, by no means been an awesome player this year, but he was, I think he was the fourth most productive player by baseball reference war before the, uh, before they just dropped him, um, and having a decent year. Um, and the only reason I really bring this up is because I hope that Elvis files a grievance because it is very clearly. So if he hits his 550 plate appearances with the A's, uh, he would get a $15 million guarantee for 2023. Um, he was on track to hit that. They drop him. Like I said, he had been productive. And by the fact that he was dropped and then picked up by another team, that is now null and void. So they essentially are taking $15 million away from him. Will he be able to get more in the offseason? I don't know. Probably not. No, I Um, wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. So I just find that extra slimy. Um, All credit to the A's for being as cutthroat as any team in baseball. Um, But I will just say I will be watching this. I hope he files a grievance. And if he loses it, I don't know if there's any way that a player can win a grievance because it is so obvious.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't those plate appearance. Um, it's the same thing with like some of the other incentives around like save amounts and um, uh, pitching appearances. These things that the management of the team can vary directly control right um i think there is a little bit of a known risk in in signing those types of contracts and it's because of things like this where a team can decide that you will not get 550 plate appearances even if you're playing well Um, so i would be surprised if there is a a successful grievance because it is the contract you know and the the team can make that decision And uh, so I don't know. I I just think you can
1: argue that reasonably that he would have hit that had he not been dropped for seemingly no reason.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Like, it's very clear what's happening here just from like a legal standpoint. Like, that's the point of contracts. And those incentives like that are, I think, put in there for a reason, too, for both sides, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyways,
1: I hate that kind of thing. Moving. I do on. too.
0: Let me be clear. Like it's. Yeah. I, I hate it. Um. But I would just be very surprised if there's anything that can come from it other than it just yeah, being what it is. Uh. Next thing I want to talk about. O'Neill Cruz has been in the league for
1: what five seconds, and he now has the hardest hit ball in the Statcast era. Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, this leaderboard is filled with Giancarlo Stanton, um, and O'Neill Cruz. Just edged him out 122.4 miles per hour. If you have not seen this hit, it is absolutely incredible. It would have gone out if uh, it wasn't for that Clemente wall at the Pittsburgh and PNC Park. But the way that that ball bounces off, I mean, it looked like it was shot out of a damn cannon. Yeah. Like it was absolutely incredible. I love O'Neill Cruz. Um, yeah, I'm happy he's in the central. We get to watch him more. Um, he's a nut. I just awesome. Yeah, I hope he can put it together
0: a little bit more because he's not really having a great season. But when no. he hits it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fireworks. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, uh, and the last thing I have on the list here is the 2023 schedule is out. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, you know, I think the the big thing that stood out to me right out of the gates is that the first of all, the Cardinals have a home opener uh, at home on opening day, which it's been. I don't know how long it's been since that, but it feels like a long time. Uh, so that's a ton of fun, and it's against the Blue Jays. Yeah, so uh, it's a talking about other birds' special Cardinals against Blue Jays at home, opening day of the season. Uh, I think I'm gonna try to go. I uh, yeah. went to home opener this year, and it was a ton of fun. And uh, I'd love to see you know, Vlad and Bashette yeah. and just the the all star team that is the Blue Jays. So, um, really, really looking forward to that. And and the next year's schedule has so many interleague games now that you know it's going into that new schedule style. So, that was really interesting. Yeah, and, um, every
1: team playing every team.
0: Yeah, which is fun. Uh, Cardinals are in Texas against the Rangers, which I don't think has happened since the 2011 World Series. I could oh, be wrong yeah. on that, but if even even if it has happened, like it's still just kind of fun. Yeah. You know? um, and I was looking at the end of the season. Um, they have a like seven of the last ten games or something like that are against the Brewers. Uh, so that should be. That's fun. exciting. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the offseason could change maybe the Cubs trajectory for next year. But uh, outside of that, I think we probably anticipate the the competition in the NL Central next year being the the Cardinals and the Brewers again. So uh, having so many games at the end of the season should be a lot of fun. And it looks like a, a slightly more balanced schedule for the Cardinals. Um, I don't think we will have the easiest second half in baseball next year, um, yeah. which is fine. I mean, it all shakes out ultimately, especially with every team playing basic, you know, every team it should kind of balance, but uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, the series against the Rockies in Colorado is in April next year. So oh. it's, it's one of the first ones. So it's going to um, be cold. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to come out there for that. All so, right. Um, yeah. I don't know any, any takeaways you had from the schedule. No, I think it's
1: fine. I think, you know, I definitely value the division rivalry. Um, and yeah. it seems like that's still going to be a factor just to a slightly lesser degree. Um, I will say to take, you know, as a fan of baseball, capital B baseball, I, you know, the sport or whatever. Um, every fan base should get to watch Shohei Otani. Every fan base should get to watch Vladdy Jr., uh, Wander Franco, Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, um, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, all of these superstars. That part I really like. I think that's great. That, like I said, every fan base gets the chance at least for a three-game or four-game set, and it might be in a way uh, series, of course, but they get to watch the superstars. That's inherently good for the game.
0: So I'm I'm pro yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of went back and forth on it a little bit, but I ultimately think it'll be more fun and that's what we're here for right i, I want to watch show hey let's go yeah hell yeah so all right well uh yeah lots going on um we're gonna wrap up this episode this week um instead of playing another dumb game we are going to check in on a uh a game that we've been kind of playing all season since uh before the season started really uh, which we call draft day cue the music yeah i always forget about this yeah that's good yeah all right thank you as always to associate sound producer chris phillips for that uh for that (laughs) track uh this is draft day um we call it uh, "Big Dogs and Kitty Cats" edition, wow. or uh, "Heroes um... and Hatchlings." <laughs> Dumbass. So, if you if you're new to the show, uh, preseason, Ben and I did a, a draft of Cardinal players, and we were able to pick three major league players, or three forty man players, and three non forty man players. Uh, we did it snake style. I pick one, ben, or Ben went first, Ben, me, Ben, me, so on and so forth. And the the challenge was to see at the end of the season, uh, we'd add up the fan graphs war of all the players that we drafted and whoever had the most at the end of the season wins. So uh, it's been kind of nice to use this as sort of an update on some of the individual performances. So what's going to happen now is I'm going to run down each of our teams and uh, we'll talk about the... Uh, fan graphs for they had last time we checked in on this. um, We are now at 75% of the way through the season. um, So it seemed like a good time to check in on it. Um, Last time we did it, we were around halfway through the season. I think it was sometime in in July is when we looked at it last. Um, So we'll start with Ben's team. He had the first overall pick and he picked Paul Goldschmidt, which I think we can all agree was a pretty good pick. Uh, yeah, smart. And, yep, uh, pretty obvious pick. Um, he is currently on Fangraphs at a six point five uh, Fangraphs WAR, which is incredible. That is a uh, good. that is a nearing MVP level season. If he ended at six point five, and we still have a month and a half to go. Um, last we checked in, he was at four point six. So he's put up almost two WAR in the last uh, you know twenty five percent of the season and just continues to be cornerstone of the Cardinals and a cornerstone of Ben's effort in this game. Um, After that, you picked Tyler O'Neal, which has had had a rough uh, season, we all know. But the last two months or month and a half have really been the best that you've gotten from him. Um, When we checked in uh, last, he was at .1 f four. He's now at .6. Yeah. So it doesn't quite feel like it, but you got to remember he's also very good defensively. He's put up half a war in the last, yeah. uh, you know, um, forty and, games. Yeah, so. and
1: I think he's coming on. Like he hit a home run, yeah. Cubs. You know, screamer. Um, I, I think Tyler's going to have a strong yep. finish.
0: I, I, need him to have a strong finish. I'll, I'll caveat with that. Um, yeah, and it's we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's the second and third round picks that have really dictated how this, uh, yeah, this game is going. Um, so. Uh, after that we have Harrison Bader so I went back and listened to how we set up this game uh, when we initially created it yeah and what I said was whoever earns the most or we will track how much F war they earn this season yes at no point did I say as a St. Louis Cardinal so you will continue to accrue uh you're the F war assuming that Bader comes back this year. Let's go. And you also oh, have the other guy. I knew <laughs> yeah. this one maybe, yeah. Uh, well so Bader's at 1.5, which is what he was at last because he has not played since then. So um still not nothing, though. It's a good little, you know, add into your total. Um, but next there's Johan Oviedo. So two of your six guys are no longer St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and uh Oviedo uh, actually went down he was at point two last we spoke he's now at point one uh, and hasn't really pitched um, much since then since being traded he is so. yeah
1: he's in the minors he's a triple a
0: with yep. pirates right now yep and um then finally alec burleson uh yeah savvy pick but uh he has just not made it Man. to the majors yep yeah. yeah so uh your total is 10.5 f4 let's um, go your group of six, which was really a group of four acquired uh three war in between the last time we did this. And, and today yeah, we'll take what we can get. So now my team after Ben took Goldschmidt, obviously I took Nolan Arenado. He is also at 6.5 Arenado and Goldie are tied. Uh, really incredible. So, um, he went up from 4.6 to 6.5. So he was slightly ahead of Goldie last time we did this, and they are now tied. Um, credit to what Goldie's been doing, um, as well as the and Nolan's the... ridiculous defense. Exactly. Yep. Um after that, I took Dylan Carlson. Smart, uh, mm-hmm. smart, smart, very quietly approaching will likely put up a three war season. Um yeah. He is at two point three right now, which is up from one point seven. Um, just steady. I think a move to center field is going to help those defensive metric. Uh, his WAR accrual there, and um, he's been looking a lot better at the plate recently. Obviously, an up and down season offensively, but um, overall, you know, I think he's he's looking better. Um, after Carlson, I selected Adam Wainwright, uh, who's also at two point three F 4 So. Uh, he is up from one point five. He continues to be rock solid, and will pitch for another ten years. Uh, <laughs> and then I selected Nolan Gorman, who is now at one f four. So good pick. yeah. Congrats to him in his first season. Um, and, and he's just from- been looking better and better and better. It's been great. Yeah. Um, and then I have Juan Yapez, who is. Healthy now, but is blocked by Corey Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, and, he's hanging and out New with Burleson bar. down there. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, he's at point two, So, uh, you know, better than nothing. And then uh, Matt Libertor was my final pick. Who's that at, at a cool zero? <laughs> hey, that's so, up from last time. So last time of this he was at negative point 0.1. So it's an improvement, <laughs> um, which puts my total drum roll at 12.3. So Ooh, I've, I've got yes. you by a, by a little bit less than two F four. So yeah. that's fine.
1: Um, Harry Bader's going to come back healthy. He's going to start stacking because he's going to poke him out of that short porch in in New York, uh, and play great defense. And Tyler O'Neill is coming on. So I would yeah. say you are in the lead. The lead is fairly strong, but I got a lot of horsepower coming up. It, it wouldn't take much. Down.
0: It wouldn't take much if I um uh yeah, if O'Neal can really turn it on. I think that yeah. that's your ace up your sleeve. We're all hoping he he really turns back yeah. to what we have. I mean, there's not much more fun than than when O'Neal is on top of his game. Yes. Yes. He's that. out there doing it for the boys. For the boy. Yeah. game interviews out, alone. Yeah. yeah. Just out here putting out good at bats, you know, just trying to win it for the oh, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's... uh you know, I'm jacked out of my mind and it <laughs> <laughs> I run like the T one thousand, but uh Ugh. that was I'm good. Just trying to make my dad Mr Canada proud.
1: <laughs> hmm Wow, I feel like I'm talking to Tyler
0: yeah you are um (laughs) just like yadi is secretly the center for his basketball team i am actually Tyler. was good mine was good yours was bad Mm, agree to disagree All all right well that'll do it for this week thank you all as always for joining um we uh always appreciate each and every one of you again check out that patreon and uh We'll be back next week, as always, with another episode. And until then, no cards. Tell your friends. Thank you. Bye. Bye.